church family. I really do wish I could be seeing your faces. Seems a little unfair that you can see mine, but I'm also really grateful for technology that we're able to come together in this way. And we know that the Holy Spirit is still active and in our midst, even um, though we are watching from separate devices. I just pray that um, these songs will somehow still join us and um, draw us together in, in the spirit of unity. It's funny um, just how things play out in the song that I had picked for this week. Um, this first song could not have been more perfect. And just as we go into it, I just want to read to you from, um, I have the thing covered up here, real life here. First Thessalonians um, chapter four, I'm going to start at verse 16. This is familiar to you, I'm sure. Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I believe that's pretty fitting for this morning's first song. Sing with me.
I've been held in your hand The moment that I wake up Until I lay my head I will sing of the goodness of God Cause all my life you have been Are you a ready-to-go person, or are you a, a person that takes a while to get going? For, for instance, in the morning when, when you get up, uh, are, are you raring to go? Does, does your feet hit the floor and you're just ready to go about your day, or does it take a long time uh, before you get motivated to do the things uh, that you, you feel you, you have to do? It seems the older I get, the more I'm 
a person that likes to get up and get moving in the morning. It's not so much that I enjoy the moving. It's more about I just can't hardly sleep uh, that well in, in the morning. So when I wake up, I, I, I tend to, to be ready to go because I, I just can't lay around in, in the bed and, and wait for the day to come to me. Uh, but I've always been a little bit of a, a, a going kind of person. Yeah, we our podcast this week, we talked uh, a little bit about um, waiting and whether it's easy for for you to wait and or for staff to wait and 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 it's not easy for me to wait and uh, I like to go. I like to be going. And so here we are, Terry and I, and we're in the the midst of um, a COVID nineteen uh, diagnosis, as you can see. Uh, I, I I feel pretty good. I'm not coughing. I'm not overly sick. I you know I, I guess I feel some effects if I think about it. Uh, but we've had some fairly minor symptoms. But at the same time, we're called um, as citizens to to quarantine, and so that's what we'll do. And it's hard for me to quarantine. It's hard for me to to sit still and and not do anything but waiting is part of life and and so you know it's a it's a lesson for us in this season uh, next two weeks uh, we're going to be virtual uh, with our church and we're not going to have live gatherings uh, be, because I was around other staff and and so we're going to do what we can to protect you and and make sure that we don't create any additional spread of COVID-19 but uh, keep your church keep keep Terry and I in, in your prayers but waiting is part of life but but there are times when it's time, time to go. And if you have a time to go and you don't go, if you stay and wait, oftentimes you can miss out on better things. I was looking this week, and, and Amazon stock um, 10 years ago was $160 a share. And today it is more than $3,000 a share. And so to purchase that stock 10 years ago, that was the time to go and time to act. Now, who knows, maybe in, in 10 years, it'll be worth $30,000 a share. I, I kind of doubt that. But, but, but there was a time uh, with the Amazon stock to go to move. And in, our, in, their, in your moving, there would be a dividend. There would be a payoff. It's the same in relationship with, our, with, with God. There's... There's times that God calls us to wait, and there's times that God calls us to go. And we need to pay attention to the move of God to determine how God is moving, how he is calling us, uh, what he is asking us to do. When it's time to go, we need to go. And so we've been examining this through the lens, through the, through the life, through the story of Elijah. Uh, last week, we looked at 1 Kings 17, and in 1 Kings 17, Elijah was waiting for God to move. He was waiting by a brook and being fed by ravens. He was waiting with a widow, and, and God was sustaining Elijah and the widow all at the same time. Uh, but during this time, he's waiting for God to send him back to Israel uh, to demonstrate, to, to tell them uh, God's plan for Israel and move the nation of Israel back into obedience with God. In 1 Kings 18, Elijah goes. And let's just kind of walk through uh, chapter 18. Uh, Elijah has raised to life the, the, the son of the widow, which he was staying with, and, uh, 
And, and, and now it's time to go. It says, after a long time, at the beginning of chapter 18, 1 Kings, the word of the Lord came to Elijah, go and present yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain on the land. So Elijah, after about three years, uh, goes to present himself to Ahab. And you can only imagine uh, that the drought is significant, that the suffering of the people of Israel is significant. Uh, God, God has judged them. Uh, for their disobedience, he's judged Ahab. And so, so Elijah returns to the land. Uh, Ahab has sent out people to begin searching for grass to be able to feed uh, the livestock. And one of the people he had sent out was Obadiah. Obadiah was in charge of, of Ahab's palace. Obadiah was a good man, a godly man. And in fact, while, while Jezebel was killing God's prophets... Obadiah was taking prophets and hiding them in caves. And so th this is a good guy. He, he's on God's side. He's on Elijah's side. And as he's moving around the land, he runs into Elijah. And Elijah says, okay, you need to take me to, to Ahab. Now, Obadiah is, is, uh, is afraid to tell Ahab that Elijah is is there and as a matter of fact he says what have i done wrong that you're handing me over to your servant over to ahab to be put to death in other words uh, Obadi obadiah believes that for him to present elijah to ahab this this as as ahab calls him later in the chapter this troubler of israel to ahab would be to create trouble in obadiah's life uh, but but obadiah does as elijah asks and and so uh, Elijah presents himself uh, to Ahab, and, and Ob Obadiah presents Ahab to him, and Ahab goes out to meet him, and he says, Is that you, in verse 16, you troubler of Israel? That's uh, quite, quite the nickname that, that Ahab has given him. And, and, and Elijah responds, I, I've not caused trouble for Israel. You've caused trouble uh, for Israel, King Ahab. And, and I think you see in that little statement what's true oftentimes in that we need to take uh, blame uh, when we are the ones who have created our own problems. And Ahab has created his own problems. And so uh, Elijah asked him to gather all the prophets at Bells. The, the, the Bells are these prophets, these regional prophets. Um, you know, a, a, a prophet of Bel would be in this area, there would be a, a god that they worshipped, and, and that would be a Bel. And so there could be many different Bells, many different prophets, or many gods, these small G gods. And he asked him to, to gather 450 prophets of Bel and 400 prophets of Asherah who ate, eat at Jezebel's table. And so they, they have this great big showdown at Mart. Mount Carmel. And, and the prophets of Baal and the prophets of Asherah set up their, their sacrifices and they put oil on it and they put wood on it and they cry out to their gods to, to set the sacrifice on fire. And it's this showdown that whichever God moves, the people will serve. And, and Elijah watches them as they dance around and they shout and and they, they go through all these gyrations to get their gods to move, and, and, and nothing happens. And he begins to taunt them. Uh, surely he's a god. Perhaps he's deep in thought or busy or, 
or traveling. Maybe he's sleeping. Uh, may, may, maybe you got to wake him up. Why don't you shout a little louder? And, and these prophets of Baal and these prophets of Asherah just continue to, to do all these demonstrations to try to get um, their, their God to move. And he doesn't. And so Elijah said, okay, come here. And, and he, he took the altar of the Lord and he repaired it took 12 stones, which represented the 12 tribes. Uh, he, he dug a trench around the altar, and he filled it with, uh, with wood. He, he, he cut the wood and placed it on the altar, and he, he filled uh, the trench with water and poured water on the altar as well. And, and then he just simply prayed. And, and when he prayed... Fire fell on the altar, and God consumed the sacrifice. And, and Elijah told the people, okay, who are you going to serve? Are you going to serve the God who actually can burn the sacrifice or the God of the bells, uh, the, the gods, the bell, prophets of Bell and the prophets of Asherah are asking to serve? And, of course, the people served, uh, said they were going to serve God. And they destroyed the prophets of Baal and the prophets of Asherah. And then Elijah finds his way to Ahab. He says, go and eat and drink because God's going to cause rain to fall on the land. And so they, they begin to look for clouds and there's nothing there. And, and, and so seven times Ahab's or Elijah's servant goes to look for, for the, the clouds and and sees nothing. And finally, he goes up and there's a cloud just the size of a man's hand. Small cloud. And Elijah sees the cloud and says, tell Ahab to make his way home. Uh, because if he doesn't, he's going to get drenched. And sure enough, God sends the rain. So in this story, we find that Elijah is, has, has gone. He is moving with God. And there are several things uh, that, that I want us to see as we, we kind of just consider uh, this story. The first thing is this, uh, God goes with us. Maybe it's better said like this, God wants us to move with him. Uh, oftentimes, I, I believe that, that, that we, we go through all these gyrations like the prophets of Baal to, to bring people's attention to God when it's much easier if we just wait for God to move. And as God moves, we point people in his direction. Uh, that takes listening. That takes waiting. Uh, th this couldn't be worked up by Elijah. Uh, but, but as God was moving, uh, per, as he was uh, burning the, the, the sacrifice, as he was causing the rain, it was easy for Elijah to say, there's my God at work. Now, now here is the reality. God wants to be known. Uh, th throughout these stories, uh, one of the common themes is that we serve a God who wants to be known. So, sometimes it seems like God is harder to see. It seems like this has been a year where it's been harder to see God. But ultimately, I believe God wants to be seen. And, and the work of the prophet, the work of Elijah, was not just to manufacture belief. It was not just to manufacture a different behavior. It was not just to, to, to tell the future. As a matter of fact, prophets usually didn't just tell the future, but they were foretellers. They were telling the truth about God. But one of the roles of a prophet 
is showing and sharing God. I'm reminded of an ancient story of, of Moses and Joshua and, 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 and Moses is complaining a little bit to God and, and God, and he says, I can't handle this all on my own. And so God says, give me 70, 70 men and I will put my spirit on them. And sure enough, this is what God does. And a couple of these guys are, are not where they're supposed to be. They're back at the camp and, and they're prophesying because the Spirit of God has fallen upon them. And Joshua goes to Moses and says, Moses, these guys are, they have the Spirit on them. They're, they're prophesying. What do you want to do? And Moses says to Joshua, should I be jealous for God's Spirit falling on other people? I wish that everyone had the Spirit of God upon them. And of course, as we move through the story, that, that is God's intention. He wants His Spirit to fall on all of us, and all of us operate in, in, in a certain aspect as prophets. And when I say we're operating as prophets, we're operating in a way that we draw people's attention to God. That is our, our goal in going uh, that is our goal in following God. Uh, Jesus said, you know, you know, do, do these things, the, the right things, so that people will see your Father in heaven and give glory to him. And so our going is not about our own ego, our own desire to move, but our going is in line and in tune with God so that when people see how we move, they see how our God moves and he receives the glory. And so before we go any further in, in this story, I just ask, can, can people see God in and through you? Uh, are you drawing people's attention to God? Is, is that a, a, a purpose in your life? See, our going simply draws attention to the God who is at work. God was at work in Israel, even in the midst of, of the drought, God was at work, and the people needed to see that. Uh, Elijah did not set the altar on fire. In fact, his, his efforts would impede the altar from burning. Uh, mo most of the time, if I'm making a, a fire in my backyard, if I've got my fire pit out and got my small group over and and, and we're going to try to create a fire. We'll, we'll put the kindling in. We'll put the paper in. And, and, and then I don't say, okay, um, Craig, can you go get some, some pitchers of water? And let's, let's pour water all over this and make this really difficult. No, we, we make it easier to burn it. But Elijah wants people to see that it's his, it's his, his God at work and not simply a, a fluke accident or something that just happened. That, that, that doesn't mean that Elijah does nothing. He's not sitting on his hands, but he rebuilds the altar. He sets the showdown in place. He all of the time doing what he can not to draw attention to himself, but to draw attention to the work of God. For, for this to happen, Elijah has to be aware of what God is doing. He, he has to listen well. Uh, next chapter, in chapter 19, Elijah will flee to Horeb. 
and he'll run from Jezebel, and, and we'll see Elijah learning how to listen. God's move is intended to draw people back to him. Ultimately, this is what God is doing in this story. He's drawing a wayward Israel back, lovingly once again, trying to draw them back into relationship with him. And for a while, uh, they do just that. Ultimately, the, the move in this passage is about rain. It's about the end of a drought. And in the last you know, six or seven verses of, of chapter 18, you, you can read this over. And, and Elijah is, has prevailed in his battle with the prophets of Baal and Asherah. And, and he's beginning to, to see that it's, or call for the rain, the end of the drought. And, and, and it's really interesting that it takes a while for them to see clouds consistent with rain. As a matter of fact, when they finally see a cloud, it's this small cloud, the size of a man's hand. It's always been kind of an interesting passage to me that, that Elijah is still waiting for this visible sign. And, and it's not some huge cloud. It's not some big thunderburst, but it begins with this just small move. And then the rain came. Um, I don't know about you, but it seems like 2020 has been a very difficult year. And even as I sit here and, and talk to you, my people, in a way that, that I don't want to talk. You know, I, we would much rather be in our sanctuary and speaking like we've been able to the last few weeks and months. And yet here we are again, uh, presenting a video sermon in my dining room. Uh, it, it seems like, it seems like there's been times when God has seemed awful quiet. Maybe today God feels quiet to you. And I'll be honest, from my heart to your heart, he feels a little bit quiet to me. The good news of this passage is I don't have to look for a big thunderburst of God. But I can look for a small cloud, a small cloud the size of a man's hand, and in faith say, here it comes. Uh, can you look for that small cloud with me? I know, um, I know in my life, I need God to move. In my family's life, I need God to move. And for my faith, and for just my continuing spiritual journey, there's times, even when I don't see the cloud burst, that I need to see the small cloud. I'm going to invite you to, to pray with me and close this week out. And, uh, and hopefully, uh, as we move through the rest of this month, things will begin to be easier in our country, in our community, in our church, our homes. 
and I'll be praying for you as you pray for me. Let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, we love you, we thank you, we praise you. You are good all the time. And Lord, um, we want to go when you call us to go. But Lord, we need to see you. We need to follow you. Help people to see you through me. Lord, help me to see those small clouds that indicate that you're getting ready to move. Lord, we need a fresh touch in our church. We need a fresh touch in our homes. We need a fresh, fresh touch of you in our country. So I pray now, Lord, you'll do the work that we can't do. We will trust you because you're worthy of our trust. Now, Lord, we believe you're more than able. So, Lord, move, and may your people move with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless, folks. See you soon.